Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, welcome to the 294th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patrons Kevin O'Brien and Andy Landon. I'm Matt Enlow. And I'm Warren Kaplan, and today we are back to our usual shenanigans of not having a guest. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. You're Matt either living in my house or produced a movie with me or you're not on the show for kind of a while. But we will have some guests coming up. Yeah, we've got a bunch of good people coming up. But yeah, we we figured we'd go ahead and record an episode just for fun, just for shits and giggles, just in case. Just in case um, we needed an episode. <laughs> uh, and that's because, as alluded to slightly... I feel like it hasn't been alluded to at all. Well, my sister-in-law, who listens to the show, was like, Oren has been quite brazen lately about some big news that she is aware of and listeners were. I am having a... My wife is having a baby. Wait. And... Uh, and by the time this episode airs, potentially this, time, this baby will have already been born. Potentially. Potentially. Wait, but what? Oh, so when I say we have big life changes coming up, that's mm-hmm. the big things Listen, happening in our lives. Jenny. Jenny, thinks, my my sister-in-law is like, Oren's basically saying it. No, come on. And first of all, I never say it's like Matt has big. I mean, the, you, for the record, <laughs> other big life things have happened both sure. for you and for me. I mean. I saved 15% by switching to Geico. Um, well, and, and I had a baby also. This this brings me to my to my first topic, though. Because I'm having a baby, earlier, a, a few epi- episodes ago, Oren, do you remember you bet me $20 that I would not shoot a feature next year? Oh, yes. We we air shook over the internet. That does sound and like you a were bet like, I would make. Because your baby is coming, there's no way you're going to have time to shoot a feature. And we placed a bet. Yes. And I've been thinking about it ever since. You want to double I, down? I, I, yeah, sure. You want to make it 40? Whatever you want. Let's make it $100,000. <laughs> no, no. It can't, be, it can't be so much money that you could use that money to make the feature. Uh, honestly, to me, a gentleman's bet, quote unquote... No, is I, is kind of the worst actually that it like oh, bragging yes, yes. rights is, okay. is much 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 worse than the, oh i you know i just give you twenty dollars who cares it's not a big deal but gloating rights is really quite terrible. oh wait you're saying oh i guess i thought you were saying the opposite which is yeah, when yeah. i agreed with you i think if there isn't mu- if there isn't real hard cash on the line mm-hmm. it's worthless okay you, you want to make it a hundred sure great anyway the point is you know my venmo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just take it out of the show's budget. Uh, Patreon.com slash just shoot a pod. Just kidding, everyone. The reason I bring it up is because I think that, like I said, I've, it's been haunting me. I've been thinking about it pro- every day since we made the bet. And it's 
perhaps made me even a touch more serious, or maybe it's just given me a um, a thing to fixate on, a thing to obsess over. And I thought that it was interesting to think about and talk about a little bit. Yeah, and I want to say I did not mean it in a negative way, though. Like, like I didn't mean... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I know what you mean, but I'm going to let you squirm a little bit. Yeah. How How is it that betting against your friend making a movie isn't negative? Because it's saying, like, you're going to love your child so much <laughs> that you won't feel like you need to birth yet another baby at the same exact time as you are adjusting your life for this baby, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, my life is going to be so full... I think was maybe your point, but I'm I'm giving you a hard time. But who knows? Maybe I'll just have twins. Yeah, a movie baby and a. I mean, you. I believe you will be making many movies of your baby for Instagram or <laughs> sure. wherever you put them. Yeah, on yeah. Some I, secret. I made, it, uh, I made a separate iCloud for album for your family. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, you know, you give the people what they want. But so uh, let's talk about this. This bet, though, I think is interesting. So it has motivated me. I've reached out to a few friends who are also in a similar predicament where they're ready to make a movie, have the script. They're kind of just like treading water a little bit, trying to figure it out. And we're going to reach out to a few more and create like a a group, create like an accountability group or like a writer's group. You know, my Chrissy, my wife has had so much success with writer's groups and with accountability partners. And it's like the one thing, if I could go back and do the pandemic over again, I think having the the show has been really good for that. Actually, it's like, it's good to have something steady to have something you have to talk about stuff. You have to interact with people, but like the accountability isn't quite the same. Oh yeah. I'm still working on my proof of concept short that I announced I will make this year, five years ago. Exactly. Exactly. And maybe the bet is that. Maybe that's what that's why I'm bringing it up. I don't actually. Okay, but care you about the realize bet. that now I actively have to try to thwart your feature making. Well, I think I want to make it a bit of a thing. I think I want to make it like a uh, a thing on the show as a, as a thing to kind of keep track of. Okay, so how do we do that? I, well, I, well, like I said, I'm starting a group, and I think that this is worth talking through. A thing that I. And this is the the reason I bring it up to everyone besides just giving you a hard time about it. I think that community, accountability, communion, I think is the thing that lacks in filmmaking communities. Do you know what I mean? I think that there's like we we know a lot of people in, in different directors groups and sometimes they're great and sometimes they just kind of turn into like venting sessions, which is therapeutic and helpful in some way, but doesn't really have any trajectory, you know? And so it's a nut I've been trying to crack a little bit of just like finding like-minded filmmakers in more or less the same circumstances that I am in. I think we can empower each other to, you know, share resources, share ideas, pick holes in people's plans, point out things that they should be doing a little bit more. A, A thing that you and I do pretty regularly, actually, but in a more structured way, basically. And I maybe am advocating that other people who are listening and are relating to my circumstances, less the baby stuff, but more the like, hey, I just, you know, I want to make this next thing. Reach out to your community and build something structured. And I'm going to let people know how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's great. I guess my 
And again, when I said I, you're not going to make a movie next year. Mm-hmm. You just mean I'm going to be pretty darn busy. So I think there's a priority shift and I think there's a time shift. And I actually mean this specifically, like I wouldn't say this to every filmmaker, but I'm going to say some things and I I mean them as compliments. I think I don't, you, <laughs> sure. I don't know if you'll find them offensive. But, oh boy. But you are like an incredibly present in your marriage as like a partner to Chrissy. Like literally, and I hope this isn't TMI, but... We had dinner the other night and you didn't drink any wine because Chrissy isn't drinking any wine right now. That's like, that's the type of partner you are. Like her experience, you're trying to be there for her. And, you know, it's very modern. And I try to do that for me too. Like my wife and I, we pretty much are like trying to do 50-50 responsibility with our kids, you know. And it's actually really uncommon even now in 2021. I mean, sure, there's stay-at-home dads and there's a lot of that stuff, but... In general, I'd say in probably 80% of couples, when someone has a baby, the other person, at least for the first year, six months or something, is like doubling down on work and, you know, supporting the, you know, financially the family. And a lot, usually the mom is spending more of the time with the baby. But I feel like you, much like me, like, feel a responsibility and an appreciation of trying to be as much a part of this baby's life as Chrissy is. And a baby, when they're like a month old, they they don't do anything. They're pretty much useful. All they do is they eat whenever poop and they sleep. They're conscious for, uh, you know, like two to four hours out of 24. Yeah, but like you also yeah. can't really have like a in intellectual connection with them. they they can't see you, they don't smile at you, they don't there's nothing. So like at that time like the mom really has if you're nursing or if you're feeding the baby, you know, that person has tends to have a stronger bond than the person that's not doing that. I mean, that's from my experience and I've heard other dads say about, you know, the first few months. But I feel like you are going to go out of your way to make sure you're there and you're present and you're existing. And and I cannot imagine a world where Chrissy is exhausted. She's been trying to feed the baby. He's crying. He has colic or whatever. This thing. You've already spent all day working, you know, to make money to for not just your baby, but all the things that you have going on in your life, you know, that require financial support. I can't imagine you then that night being like, okay, well, instead of helping you feed the baby like in the middle of the night i'm gonna go you know uh, have drinks with some finance potential financiers mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. like i just don't think your personality is one that will prioritize your not your passion project but th- this thing that you know when you're single or when you're not have less obligations you're like yeah let's go well i'll fly to san francisco for the weekend i'll meet this potential financier this producer yeah it might turn into nothing but it might turn to something but once you have these other obligations, I'm not talking about forever. I'm just talking about like the first six months, you know, of these adjustments. Like it, it seems insane for you to say like, hey, I'm going to go spend, do a thousand dollar trip to San Francisco to meet this investor and take them out for a nice brunch on the 1% chance that they might be willing to read my script and then maybe three months down the road put in some money because they're friends with the owner of the, you know, Golden State Warriors or whatever. Like, like those, those swings you take are much harder to justify when you are in this position. So I, that that's totally. kind of, and, and I'm, I'm in the same, like the reason I don't have proof of concepts because I, I, I wouldn't be like, Hey Matt, let's leave for two weeks. Let's let the mom take care of the kids and let's go on a writing retreat, which I know if I did, like, that's how you get things done. That's like how 
you know, stuff is produced is you have to put the other things in your life on hold. And I have friends right now that I have multiple friends from my daughter's class where the husbands are in Alaska, in Canada, they're working on these three month projects and the moms basically like can't have to sacrifice their own work and their own passions because they're watching the kids. And I just, I know yeah, you not, and I know that guy. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we wouldn't yeah. do it. So, so that's kind of why I'm saying that. And, and it's actually a compliment. It's like, you're a very modern man. I think I, I am too. And it's weird when I work with really young people that are nowhere near to having kids or families or anything for me to say like, Hey, I, I can't, you know, Saturday morning. I know that's the only time we can do this like session, but I, I got to take my kid to swim lesson late. And so it's just like a little bit of a shifting of priorities that I've gone through and I believe you will go through as well, but maybe you won't. I don't know. I could be totally wrong, but to have this group that's like, Hey, let's make this movie despite all the odds is great. But I guess I'm not like, I don't know that you actually making that movie, you taking three weeks to shoot this thing or four weeks or being away in casting sessions all week while also having your other, you know, day job, which is directing for money is like a super positive thing. You know, it, it, maybe it is. And maybe that's what you need to be fulfilled. But maybe there's other things in your life that will fulfill that need too for the this first year. of Yeah. Yeah. Fatherhood. No, I think that's that's uh, those are great points. And they're 100 percent based on my own experience. It's super subjective, sure. and and I think that certainly there's a, a psychological cosmic shift coming that is hard to fathom, right? Yeah, and oh, but only I, I'm not I'm not like portray, saying fatherhood is so difficult or anything or parenthood. I'm saying that when you're a creative freelancer that is using your talents both to make money and to find like creative satisfaction. And you are married to a creative freelancer. Like one of my biggest concerns when we had our first baby is that my wife, who's an actor, will feel like I'm putting my career ahead of her career. And so I would go out of my way to like watch the baby. If she gets a pilot audition for tomorrow, that's due tomorrow morning and I had plans, I'll be like, you know what? You, you take this one. I'll cancel my plans, my job, my podcast, whatever. And you go work on your thing. And, it, and, and that's a hard yeah. attitude to have when you're hustling to get your movie made, you know? Yes, fair, fair. That said, you did just really, uh, you were pivotal in helping Chrissy make her film. So maybe, I, maybe we, there is a payback. <laughs> uh, uh, and we, certainly we don't this. think about that. I, I think you, you're right. I, I think that we are banking on the flexibility of both of our schedules to support one another in that work, you know, and that it is really important that it's equitable in terms of nurturing each other's goals, partially because I think that we don't want our child to grow up with parents who aren't the fullest version of themselves. Do you know what I mean? I think if you know, you know, people who kind of maybe abandon, and that's not to say that we're not interested in or aware of imminent sacrifice, you know, certainly that's something that we've signed up for. But I do think that there's a sense of self and a, and and a real our bread and butter, our, our our livelihoods are based in that work. And so I think in order to be full parents, we have to be full people, and that means participating in our art. Totally. And and I actually this might be controversial, but I actually don't think it's that big of a deal if you like don't have much FaceTime with your two month old. You know, like on a day because you're we're in meetings all day or you had to go somewhere or travel across town or 
leave for a commercial gig for a few days. Right. Your point is that your your partner needs that support as much as yeah. It's anyone. like yeah, yeah. There there is an easy solution for you to be able to do your day job and do your night job, which is what I'm calling kind of the passion project, and not be an additional burden and support your kid and not be an additional burden on your wife. And that is by hiring a nanny. But now let's say, you know, because I don't, I don't imagine you saying, Hey, I'm going to lock myself in this room all day for 10 hours while you take care of the baby. Like that's not realistic. Right. So the nanny, let's say you bring her or him, most likely or her for six hours a day. There's no nanny in Los Angeles that is like even worth talking to that charges less than $25 an hour. So we're already here at like $150 a day, right? 750 bucks a week. An additional income that you have to make to support your drinks with the potential financier at night, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's, um, look, it's a, it's a balancing act that we're preparing for. I think that the, the thing that, that perhaps the, the X factor that we're ignoring in this is that I think that I personally have hit a, not a ceiling per se, but in terms of my career and therefore my earning power, there's opportunity for me to level up that I think a feature will be the most efficient way to expedite, basically, right? That like a cool feature changes my commercial career, changes my TV career, changes my future career across the board. And so there is that aspect of... Or selling a TV show. Right. But I don't think I sell a TV show without a cool feature under my belt. Having sold a few TV shows already that didn't go, I don't know that I have the juice anymore, frankly. Like, I, I have seen fewer doors open over the years. And, you know, like I, I, I took a show around, you know, right before the pandemic and pitched my heart out on it. And, like, people really liked it. And I didn't have the juice to get it greenlit. I didn't. Well, the pandemic it. did. I mean, I think we all had. It was a path cool before the going. pandemic. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's funny now that I think now that you point that out, I had like three or four really promising things happening basically like January of 2020. The pandemic, you know, pulled the rug out from under us career wise. I think we were we were both really really poised to like do some really cool stuff, and you know, kind of like we what we learned talked about. how to make pizza. And the bad news is. I still am not really that great at making pizza. <laughs> well, you need a hotter oven, but that's a that's a podcast for a different day. Yeah. If you want to build a wood fire oven in your backyard, you let me know because I am down. Anyway, you got to get some juice and the, you, know, you got to get put more gas in the tank and like having a cool thing that's making a splash is part of that, right? And so I do look at it as a bit of a do or die situation in terms of like, wanting to level up my career so that I can provide a better life for my family is part of the thinking without a doubt. And that's like a, that's a gamble, you know, but so is all of filmmaking. Yeah. And I guess I, yeah, I think do or die is hopefully people realize you don't mean like that this is the last straw. Certainly not. No, but, but I think like you can't, a, a, fa- a family means that like, you know, you, you can't just sit around and like twiddling you, to your point of like, time becomes much more precious you know it's it's like it's either let's go make this thing or or you know try something else you know like a different strategy or something but like the best way for me to get more heat is to make a make a feature for sure 
Um, and look, the 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 fact of the matter is, I think that there's really two very clear pathways for it, right? I have some people that are interested in the movie, right? That want to take it out and shop it around. And I've kind of been clear about like wanting that to, to be a relatively quick conversation. Like, let's only go to people that make complete sense and get fast yeses or fast noes. Um, and if not, WeFunder, which is how we funded... Chrissy's movie is still a totally viable option. And so either way that's happening next year. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think if you do manage to set up those balls in motion, then now, yeah. Well, yeah. Now potentially when you're listening to this now is, is maybe too late. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Listeners at home, it's a, uh, you know, tune in in a couple of weeks to hear how things have gone. Yeah. Check out Matt's Instagram to get an update <laughs> on whether there's a baby or not at Mr. Matt Inlow. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, um, yes, I think if you do have, if someone's like, hey, we got, you know, $5 million to make your movie. And so because you this actor just said they'll do it, then it's much easier to say, hey, Chrissy, I'm going to take these, this next month off. You get the next month off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or um, we're... Uh... I mean, more realistically, I think like we're both going to, you know, stay and live in a hotel on set basically right, for right. that month. Yeah. Uh, and bring along a nanny. It's, I actually don't think the making of the movie part is that hard. Yeah. I think it's yeah, yeah. the it, hustle. It's contained to, too. It's yeah. easy to be like, hey, I'm These so are sorry. I need six weeks. You know, we're going to hire somebody to come help out. You're going to come visit. My mom's going to come down. You know, like there's a... I think everyone can kind of wrap their head around something that delineated schedule wise. You're, you're right. It's the amorphous stuff of like, ah, shoot, I really need, I should go to this panel because so-and-so is going to be there. And, you know, we just reconnected or something like that. That's, that stuff is a lot harder to justify. Yeah. And the other element, like baby aside is like, I know you spent a few days the other day, like re sanding and refinishing the floor and like one of the rooms in your house, like, that stuff starts becoming super appealing. You know, I've been talking to you all day about fixing the ceiling in my daughter's room because it rained. That was unexpected. That's probably like two days of work I did because it's like impossible to get a contractor to come out to fix like a little bit of drywall. You you know what people don't talk about enough that is... That's how expensive it is with, to trim with, trees in your house. <laughs> no, no. Um, the The nesting mentality nesting compulsion that triggers in everyone but it is crazy making it's genuinely in my case and in in, like some of my friends were like hey man have you has this thing happened to you yet where like my friend my dear friend zach was like hey i had like manic episodes where all i could do was compulsively nest sometimes in things that were sort of irrational and just nesting you mean is like make your house a home prepare for the baby and he was like uh-huh. i remember just being up at like 3 a.m wiring my house with cat five fiber before my six. first kid was getting there and i i have been crazy when it comes to that stuff yeah there's just so many things There, like literally all of a sudden someone will be like you did go to the courthouse and register the birth certificate right and you're like what <laughs> i had all these meetings you know and yeah, and the house, the house. I think you can do that at the hospital too, can't you? Yeah, yeah, that's a bad example. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. the house too, it's like these unexpected things happen and there's you're the landlord, you know, and it's like I see these filmmakers that we interview that are just like living in an apartment somewhere, don't have any kids, are single and are making, you know, a movie every single year. Yeah. 
I think that we are maybe aging into a new phase in our careers where I think you look at like Kelly Reichardt is a great example. She directed First Cow, kind of my favorite movie of 2020, actually. I really love mm. that movie. Did you see Portrait of a Lady on Fire? No. Dude, that I know. movie is so good. It was, that's the perfect example of a film that I was like, I got to see this on the big screen. And then poof. I watched it on an airplane. It was incredible. <laughs> God. There was no distractions. That might be the meanest thing you've ever said to me. The sound was amazing. Kelly Reichardt is a professor, lives in Portland, chills, hangs out, makes a great movie, you know, once every couple of years. And those movies cost the same amount of money as like a, a you know, upper middle class sa- or even a, just a middle class salary, you know. And so her fee is likely 10% of that. And she spent three years on it. So like, is she surviving off of making these films? I'm going to say no, probably not. But does she have a great life? Is she great making great films? There's like, a, I think that people find a cadence and a rhythm where they're making money from their art, from their expertise, and the way that we are making very good livings directing commercials. But I think that the way that you become, you stay desirable in the commercial space, and the way that you become more desirable in the other spaces that we want to expand into a little bit more. It's been a minute since I've done narrative besides the movies that I make myself. Like, that's the way to do it, basically. So I I think that it is essential to my sense of self, sanity, and livelihood that I figure out a way to continue to make movies. Yeah, no, that all makes sense. As long as you make it January 2023, (laughs) I win the 100 bucks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, if, if that's the situation, good, awesome. Yeah, so I obviously want you to make your movie, any movie, the movie, you know, this movie or a, a different movie. I want you to be happier. You know, if you sold the TV show, it'd be better for me. Cause maybe I'd get to direct like an episode in the third season or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to, you, you know, you just need a little bit of heat. I just have to like a South by win or just something just, just to sell so it. The, up podca- the podcast is the heat generator. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So it, it's all interesting. You know, it's, it's, it's weird. I think, you look at the union stuff, you look at like everything, like the IATSE stuff, the rust stuff, the COVID stuff, like people leaving their jobs, the BLM stuff, the people saying like, wait, life doesn't have to just be us suffering at all times. And, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot. Like how much do we need to suffer to make that movie, you know, or how much do the other people in our life need to suffer for us to, to do that? And is it worth it? And it, it, it totally is worth it. It's just... Yeah, you know, it's... Well, I guess I'm saying we have to... Look, the first six months of a child's life, the first year of a child's life, the first three years of a child's life, those are all different versions of your your point of like, those are extenuating circumstances. Yeah. So I'm I'm giving you a hard time about this. Yeah. And first six months is like when you you have the lack of sleep. You know, like at, at two, it's a different thing. And also you did time this with like, the house, you know, you know, Matt is like kind of working on a new house right now. Sure, too, yeah, I have a new house, a new baby, and a new movie within a month of each other. Yeah, so what a genius! <laughs> no, those are all incredibly awesome things like that. But you know, I guess, and this is probably a weird parent thing, but like, I'm more excited about you having a baby, uh, <laughs> sure, you know, than about making a movie. But um, well, but because of the thing, I, there's also that's the shift of like. And I notice this with friends who work less that like filmmaking is my dream and my passion and my art. 
but also it's kind of my job first. And so you get a little less starry eyed with all of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, and like, there's, and you, yeah. And there's the, the non, like, you know, when you talk to your friends that don't work in film that like actually enjoy things outside of work, <laughs> you know, and I'm, we do, we like a good, you know, hot sauce or whatever else we talk about. <laughs> but there is like that balance to a life that, you know, I know we did a whole episode on it a few weeks ago that also at some point you're like, yeah, this is cool. And, and, and I, like the, fa- the, they help each other. Like the more time you spend taking your kid to school, the more cool people you meet at your kid's school that inspire the movie that you make, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the flip side is also like, sometimes I'll talk to someone who has a, like a job job, like a normal person job. And I think, uh, I know some accountants who are so happy and some of them, I'm like, you're going to jump off a cliff. What is going on? This is insane. This is terrible. You are so woefully unhappy. And I, I, having had an office job and a desk job, I know it's not for me. And so I can't, that person, the person who had that desk job, won't do as good of a job teaching a kid about how to live their life as the person who is a filmmaker. Oh, that's some pretentious USC stuff. That is no, that is that that is personal to me. I'm oh, not saying oh, that oh, like oh. other people like oh I'm Matt saying, with the desk job. Of, yes, yes. Yeah, there are plenty of people who are so happy and are living their dream doing that stuff. I'm saying that I tried to do that and it ate me alive, and that I don't want that person raising my kid. Is I, what yeah, I'm saying. I hear you. I'm and the oh boy to to meet the accountant who's like yeah you know. I, Clock in, I do a great job. I have a, a nice lunch and then I go yeah, home and go surfing and, on my lunch break. We're going to Big yeah. Bear this weekend. Yeah, you're like fuck, you doing a family reunion on the East Coast, going to yeah. Bali for a month. Yeah, and I'm rich. awesome. I'm like, tell me about Yeah, exactly. They have a giant house. They live in, you know, I don't know, somewhere cheaper than here. Yeah. I was going to say like Orange County and then I was like, I don't, that's not what I want. No offense, Orin. Um, uh, offended. <laughs> I'm from Orange County for those people that yeah, don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, cool. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Speaking of being so busy that you can't find one free minute to make your movie i have a weird week this week yeah which for the first time in a long time i'm like not that busy it's you know what we call quote unquote the slow a slow week mm-hmm. um so i i'm doing post on this commercial i'm i'm doing the visual effects on it that amazon twitch commercial that hopefully will be out when people hear this episode it's coming out really soon and i'm doing all the visual effects but it's a 30 second commercial how many visual effects shots can there be there's mm-hmm. nine sure 
Um, so they're almost that's more done. than I thought, actually. No, that's it. You know, that's yeah, it's almost every shot is a VFX shot, and uh, it's really fun. But the whole thing's due on Tuesday night, so it means Monday I'll work on it. Tuesday I'll do some notes or whatever, and then I'm done. So I kind of have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'm prepping. Not I'm kind of in post on this other commercial shoot I just did, and then, but just like sending notes, and have a shoot coming up in December that I might touch a little bit, but probably not. So I basically have these three open days, and I thought. I would give you a list of like the potential things I could do on those three open days. And maybe you can help me prioritize it. Um, mm-hmm. Great. With yeah. The, I think the main goal is being to improve my career, but, but I don't know. I could be, I could be wrong. It could be more of just like a life catch up week. And again, given this conversation we just had, the parameters are that I have to do most of my work when my kids are not around, <laughs> which is basically like, you know, 8.30 a.m. to... Let's say 5 p.m. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of my my time. Yeah, to work. Well, regular person working hours basically is, is the sweet spot. But you, but you know you can't take like a a drinks or something. Uh, and also we're kind of ignoring the pandemic of it all, which kind of you know in Los Angeles is still present in a way that it's not in the rest of the country quite the same way. Yeah, I feel but, like I but feel a, are, there's a new normal for us for sure. There's a a noticeable shift. difference yeah. in just driving around. I see people like out and about like restaurants are pretty mm-hmm. much jam packed right now. Yeah. Um, people are out walking everywhere. People, you know, are pretty good about wearing masks indoors and not really wearing that much outdoors. And yeah, it's, it seems kind of like we're finding our footing with COVID. Oh, by the way, my daughter's going to get vaccinated tomorrow, which hey, when you hear this, will have been in the past, my five-year-old. So, you know, everything's kind of, it's weird. Our numbers are actually up from last week. Um, I know. Yeah, wise, yeah. I've but, been keeping an eye on them. It's a bummer. Um, but we are kind of like getting a coffee with someone which, who I probably would have like turned down on account of the COVID stuff a few months ago. I now I, I would probably say yes, if you know, if it made sense. So anyway, these are, here's a list of things I could work on on my three open days this week. Mm-hmm. I can update my reel. <laughs> with some new stuff. I could work on some director's cuts of things that I shot that I didn't quite love, but I think there's potential there. I can make more breakdown videos, like kind of behind the scenes stuff of maybe choose like two or three spots that I did and kind of that I haven't posted at all on Instagram or anything. Like kind of do the social thing that, you know, that tends to actually get me works jobs yeah yeah Yeah. um i could work on life stuff i've been thinking of getting life insurance (laughs) um uh, and it's been really hard figuring out like who to get it from and which version to do it i've been you know there's just like a hundred life things to do that are need more than 10 seconds of attention i can update my website and i can actually make something original i could go take five hours and try to write something and maybe try to shoot something or do some experimental shooting, like create something. I could also um, meet some people for coffee, you know, do networking, general kind of like COVID safe networking, which is pretty much meeting someone for coffee. I could learn stuff, you know. I've been wanting to learn Houdini, this other software to do like particle simulations and things like for 3D graphics. Um, And the last thing, which is something I don't know if we ever talked about, but uh, sometimes when I think about like, what's my next career move, I like try to find other directors and model my career after them. So either like finding out who their reps are and seeing if that, you know, I should shake up my reps a little bit, you know, from theatrical to commercial to everything, or just kind of like find other careers of people that I like and 
and see what what their next move would Try and be. Reverse engineer it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that that's my list, and I only have three days. I could probably do one. <laughs> yeah, maybe which two. I think is is maybe the most important um, factor. So he, here, I'm going to give you your what what I think you should do for three days in a row. I'm going to give you your your schedule. Uh, by the way, I'm going to the dentist Wednesday morning. Okay, well, I'm going to ignore that. I say what you should do is uh, schedule three coffees. I was listening to a podcast the other day and someone had mentioned the rule that CAA used to have and maybe even still has that um, when they were first like really trying to like take over the world, their rule was someone from the company had to be in an event every single day. Like uh, a panel, uh, drinks, you know, a comedy show, whatever it was. And so, and it reminded me, like, I used to be so good at that stuff. And uh, between COVID and networking, networking sounds gross. It's just like, oh, reconnect with friends, you know, like go get tacos with Roxy and just like talk to her about what she's doing, see how you can help her, see how she can help you, you know, just like shooting the shit and just kind of, it educates you on how to, who to put, you know, who, what pieces to connect basically and and what's going on in town anyway so i would do that i would do a coffee from 10 to 11 or so first i would make breakfast for my family hang out have a little bit of quality time yeah it's um that's not really how you wake up at 7 15 realize sure, you have to sure, be sure, sure, sure. by 7 30 rush around like a maniac trying to right, make right, lunches right, right. set but do family stuff then go have a coffee 10 a.m is the beginning of a filmmaker's work day right so that's perfect you have plenty of time to go ahead and get your kids to school and stuff and then Go grab uh, coffee with Roxy. Okay. Can I start my day at nine? The time change and everything. I, <laughs> I, I remember. I have, I have a deadline at five p.m. I have to be done. Uh huh. I, I think no. I think t- I think ten is 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 coffee o'clock for I think a lot of filmmakers. So if you really want to, you can reverse what I was about to pitch. I was going to say caffeinate. I like to have two coffees. Caffeinate. Spend an hour writing. Uh, and the uh, the goal of that writing. Right. How is long is to... this coffee, and how do I make it not last two hours? Oh, an hour to an hour and a half set something afterwards basically so this is better actually right for from at the coffee shop that you're going to meet roxy at from nine to ten the goal of that is not to write the great american screenplay the goal is to come up with three ideas for anything whatever because the goal at the end of these three days of hour-long sessions of writing is to have a little pile of stuff you like and you're not going to do anything to it except for let it sit in your brain. And then a week from now, two weeks from now, the next time you have a slow day or a slow week, the thing that you'd been thinking about is going to bubble back up. And that's the thing you need to work on next. So this is an ideation phase. So it doesn't take a ton of time. It does take a little bit of caffeine. You know, it's not something you can rush either. That's the That's the problem with writing. Writing, you can't, it's, you're better off to write a half hour every single day than seven hours on Sunday. You know what I mean? You need to have that percolation time, right? So give so just that that makes it simple. So then you're networking and you're creating creating new ideas in like two two and a half hours, let's say. Then go do some life stuff, shake it up, and then come back for an afternoon of what was the other thing you said. I mean, updating my Instagram, learning uh, content, something new. Content. Don't don't learn something new because you, you do that all the time anyway. That's your favorite way to procrastinate. I do. I will probably so don't watch do that. a YouTube video. Don't watch a YouTube video, whatever. After this, um, <laughs> we're done you, with this podcast. Then, then you create, quote unquote, content, a behind the scenes video, 
you know, do your email blast to people to update them about your latest project, update your website, that sort of stuff. That's what the afternoon is for. That takes you to five o'clock. Done. That that plants seeds for your career so that you continue to get good work. That creates opportunity for you to have things to talk about and pitch to people, ideas to have, and that also builds your community. Don't do the director's cuts. And here's why. I've seen a lot of your director's cuts, and I've seen a lot of your the cuts that make the air, and yours are better. And also... You and I both know that most of the time with commercial work, the question isn't how good is Oren? The question is, has Oren done this spot before? And that doesn't really change between the final cut and your personal cut. And so I think that's diminishing returns. Okay, well, Matt, that's a pretty good schedule. So uh, that's that's pretty good. I, feel, to 10, I, I don't know why I one idea. That was so clear to me. Three ideas total for the three days or no, no, no. Three ideas an hour. Three ideas per hour. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, IPH. we're talking log lines. Okay. Right. Yeah. And this don't don't limit yourself to like, uh, I really want to write a screenplay. Oh, I really need a spec commercial. Oh, I really need a short. Just come up with three ideas. Okay. Ten to eleven coffee. Eleven to twelve life stuff. Twelve to one lunch. Two to five Instagram BTS stuff. Yep. Okay. I think that could work. Um, and then when do I reply to emails and stuff? Just in between those lunch lunch one to two emails yeah what's your policy on like how soon if you get a work-related email how soon you have to respond i've been uh really bad lately but normally i like to respond right away and slack are you allowed to ignore slack messages uh i'm not on slack Ooh, lucky the people i've been working with lately are all texting like they, <laughs> like, like they're literally really, they're... they text your phone yeah 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 all the time it is the test case for why Slack was invented. I'm on like 20 different group threads of like, you know, these three people and then, oh, these five people and then a combination of it. It's like, you know, it's like Slack, but non-searchable basically. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on a Slack right now and it's, it's just so much. It's like every second, like, I'm in the restroom. Oren, did you see this? And like, if you don't answer in like 10 seconds, people will like re-tag you. Like, Oren, what do you think? Oren, did you see that cut? Oren. Oh, man. It's the worst. Um, okay. Well, cool. Well, thanks. Um, yeah. Let us know what Listen- you guys do on a slow week, listeners. I would love it if somebody, in addition to Oren, did that for a day or two and let, let us know how it felt. Yeah. That's my ideal day, basically, is what and, I'm And right now, we're to. selling t-shirts in our store with the schedule printed on them. <laughs> just kidding we're not um good well cool well i think i think we tackled some tough topics sure some uh, yeah with depth deep life questions we have and some very shallow like who should i have coffee with type of questions that's the thing actually that takes the most planning oh the who should i have coffee with yeah 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 is it is tomorrow one of your easy days no tomorrow is crazy busy Great. So then you have a time to like hit people up. Yeah. But yeah, maybe uh, we'll just end this episode with some unpaid endorsements. I got a few. Let's do it. Unpaid endorsements. So first, and these are all my endorsements are just dumb things. And I'm like, why have I never mentioned how great this is? Do you use an electric toothbrush? I do. Which one? Uh, Oral-B. We talked about this on the show before, actually, because I bought it uh, right after you endorsed your toothbrush. Was mine an Oral-B? No, it was a different one than the one I'd bought. Oh, 
Did I already endorse this thing, the Philips Sonicare? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, like um, I'd guess like two years ago. <laughs> I'm re-endorsing it because I just had to re-up. Uh, I'm just going to add it, two more interesting details about the Philips Sonicare toothbrush. First of all, just for people who didn't hear that episode, I never believed in electric toothbrushes. I thought they were a scam uh, sold by dentists and companies. Like, why do you need to pay so much? Um, I did learn from Wirecutter, which is New York Times like product review website, that really the only thing your toothbrush needs to do is brush your teeth uh, on a timer, and all the other features don't matter at all. So don't ever worry about that stuff. But I got this Philips Sonicare, and I really liked it. And my doctor seemed to think it made my teeth look better, but I, you know, they were like always telling me I'm a good brusher, so I didn't really know if it made a difference. But my dad came from Israel, and he bought the toothbrush. And he told me he went back home, and the next time he saw his dentist, his dentist was like, what happened? Hey, your teeth, they, they look so clean all of a sudden. And I was like, wow, that's like a really amazing test case of like zero bias. And this guy who's been seeing my dad's dad for like years, like 30 years, I don't know how long he's been going to the dentist, but this guy was like noticed a difference. Yeah, so Philips on care, I do think it works, um, and my other tip about it is to buy it at Costco. That's where I've always bought them. And it's like, it's the problem is if you go to their website, if you go to Amazon, there's like so many different versions. You just don't know what to get. Just go you're to, saying at Costco, there's just like... There's like three. There's like the $50 one, the $100 one, the $150 one. Just get the $100 one. Comes with two toothbrushes. Uh, if you are living with someone that also brushes their teeth, that's great. You guys can share like head replacements or whatever. If you live alone, you only want your own toothbrush, I think they have a, a cheaper combo, like for 60 or 70 bucks, that comes with one toothbrush. Anyway, that's my first endorsement. What do you got? All right. Uh, mine is one that I can't believe I've uh, failed to endorse. I'm going to read you a tweet, Oren, and then uh, and then I'm going to endorse the uh, account that tweeted it. It's a retweet of our old pal, Andrew Yang. He tweeted, just had a great meeting. Things are moving. And then Americana at brand memes tweeted every guy talking on a cell phone at the fancy Los Feliz Starbucks, which is uh, some listeners might know is my favorite Starbucks, the Starbucks reserve in Los Feliz. And I guess a lot of, a lot of guys there are on phones saying things of that nature, saying things like that. So, uh, uh, Americana at brand memes is easily my favorite meme account. Really the only, only a Twitter account slash Instagram account. I truly love maybe, maybe, uh, um, movie set memes, but, uh, it is, it's pretty inside baseball. Americana at brand is of course the fancy mall in Glendale, uh, Los Angeles, not unlike the, uh, the Grove. And it is just kind of meta memes about the strange, subculture or rather slice of life of being kind of like a middle-class suburban-esque yuppie in los angeles basically yeah if so you if don't live on the east side of la it's worthless to follow this account nothing will that's probably true but but it, it is jokes for people who know which starbucks is the fancy los Feliz starbucks so inside baseball but boy it really makes me laugh so if you live in los angeles especially on the east side and, uh, you know, if you've ever gone to uh, the shopping center with both uh, a Ross Nordstrom Rack and Marshalls in Glendale, this account is for you. 
but but also most importantly it is truly like meta it's like anti-comedy like it knows how lame all of those things are and somehow celebrates it and is legitimately funny and ironic all at once and so americana brand memes is my endorsement yeah it's very good for a very very small section of people fifty thousand people follow them on twitter so you know there's a lot of people in los angeles i read a very funny tweet today it was uh i guess vin diesel is like trying to convince the rock to be in the 10th fast and furious the final film it's like the culmination of everything they've done it's gonna be the best one and he he publicly told vin or told the rock dwayne johnson on instagram that he better be in this film it's like his duty and his oath and someone <laughs> tweeted in response at like have you guys decided on a title yet i'm i hope you're considering fast 10 your seatbelt. and <laughs> then there's this entire long twitter thread between people that are dads and people that are not dads that are trying to decide whether this is the one of the best puns it, it, that has fast, been made or a horrible pun. Is, is is a masterpiece well i was on that of course on that side on the dad side but it was like these people were like i am a father so like i know puns like it like it was some weird qualification for being able to identify good puns and i was reading my wife the whole thread and she's like stop reading that to me um okay my next endorsement is so there's this awesome adobe website that i think i mentioned before for colors i don't even know if it still exists it was called cooler k-u-l-e-r um i think it's just like adobe.color.com oh yeah well so there's this other one that i just found through a tutorial it's called coolers.co c-o-o-l-e-r-s.co and i've kind of been using it the british way of saying spelling colors (laughs) potentially um no but that's like saying like oh that's my favorite no i think it's like an eastern european side or whatever but (laughs) it's it's great because you just you go there, you just like click on a color you like, and then it just creates these palettes. And if you don't like them, you just keep cycling and they're really pleasing palettes. So if you're doing like designing uh, an invitation to your birthday party or um, some titles, like I feel like right now the trend is just everyone uses like white titles, like with no background on the video. But um, I just was working on some 3D graphics thing and I wanted it to have like, I wanted it to be, to be colorful, but have like a real nice complimentary color palette and i really wanted this one thing to be blue so i chose that blue went to the site coolers.com.co and cycled through and it found like i I, this super awesome color palette for me so whenever you're designing anything even if it's like the dumbest thing you know just think about your color palette and go to one of these sites to help you color science is real and now you don't even have to know anything about it you can just have a ai spit something out for you exactly I don't think there's a lot of AI going on there, but yes. Yeah, I guess it's a, Al- uh, an algorithm. A ratio. Sort, an algorithm yeah. is probably the right word. Thank you. All right, my next uh, endorsement is a uh, a YouTube channel called Caught in Providence. Are you familiar with this YouTube channel? It's um a, like a edited live stream basically of um a judge in Providence like dealing with like small small time cases. Like people who like ran red lights, like there's one that went pretty viral of a, like a kid, like a pizza guy who would like run like six red lights basically. And like the judge and the bailiff, you know, kind of know they're on YouTube and are like a little, um, like they're, they're chewing the scene a little bit, but like it's a, it's just real court cases. And so it's interesting, uh, from a writing perspective, I think to see kind of different people and different slices of life and, um, 
again, I, there's a level of artifice to it because they are aware that they are on YouTube, you know, like there's some performance to it. Um, but they're, I believe, real cases and stuff. So it's like if you wanted Judge Judy to be more authentic and less entertaining, uh, entertaining Cotton Providence is uh, on YouTube and worth checking out. Awesome. Um, as we continue on to our fifth endorsement, they get worse and worse. Just so you know. Endorsathon. Our endorsathon. I haven't even confirmed why this happened, but the other day, or sorry, this morning, I was walking and I had my phone in my pocket. My hands were dusty. I was doing some construction work and I was trying to up the volume on my phone. So I was just trying to hit the volume button through my pants. And I, apparently, I was holding, I was hitting the power button. And apparently, mm-hmm. if you tap that button like 20 times, do you know that that's Three like... Times. Three times is the number. Oh, 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 did it not turn black and white? No, it started making a loud siren. And it's an emergency SOS and it was calling 911. Uh, oh. So I imagine it's like if you are... It's like you're about to be attacked is what you're saying. If you are about to be attacked and you have your phone in your pocket and you can stealthily just tap the power button as like if you're in trouble, just keep tapping it. And that's pretty good. Something will happen without you having to like look at your phone at all. Um, you might want to look up exactly how it works, but if you never did and now you were being attacked, Hold on, I'm just do that. It up. I, it's, it's an emergency SOS activation on my iPhone. Press and hold the side button and one of the volume buttons until the emergency SOS sli- slider appears. But so I, the emergency I didn't do it SOS, that way. Though. SOS slider to call. Have you ever accidentally called 911? No, it's always intentional. Like, hey, uh, where's my pizza? I I think I have ac- uh, actually, and I was like, oh, they'll just send a an ambulance or a cop car out to me if I don't if explain don't what anything. happened. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I'm so sorry, I dialed this on accident, and they were totally nice about it. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty nice. Um, rapid, rapidly press the side or top button five times. Emergency. Oh, in India, you only need to press the button three times, and your f- iPhone automatically calls emergency services. That's too few times, honestly. That's just like in you, India, mo- they might moderately like frustrated trying to might be I mean, necessary. Look, there was probably some data to support that. Okay, my final endorsement is a song. It's the thing that really got me into TikTok. If I'm being honest, is a song by an artist called. Uh, Tom Cardy, C-A-R-D-Y. He's an Australian funny man who writes funny songs. If you go to Spotify or YouTube, it's uh, just abbreviated for H-Y-C-Y-B-H, which stands for Have You Checked Your Butthole, (laughs) which is a funky jam about uh, a person who's so emotionally detached that uh, anytime anyone is stressed out about um, finding anything, the only thing he can say is, have you checked your butthole? And uh, it's a jam, man. It's so funny. His performance is great. And uh, I listen to that song all the time. And it is what got me into Have you checked your butthole? I think now, actually, having tried to uh, rewatch the video, there's like some copyright claim situation on it. I think he's trying to get people to like, watch it on YouTube. Like I think he's dealing with monetizing it basically. So you can go to Spotify or YouTube and watch it. Um, it's probably the best way, but then go check him out on TikTok. He's consistently funny and he has other good songs as well. But H Y C Y B H. Yeah. Have you your bottle. 
is the best. Well, I wonder if all seven of our endorsements add up to at least one decent endorsement or if everyone's just like fallen off by this I think mine are all bangers, bro. Mine are all all bangers. Okay, they're pretty good. Well, my last one was, uh, have you ever eaten like a snack that's like at the same time gross, but you can't stop eating it? Mm, Yeah, I love the like the seaweed treats. Yeah, that's an interesting entry into that list. They barely make it. I, I think they're good, but... Uh, sometimes I like to eat super spicy snacks because they slow down how many snacks I eat. Mm. And I found these mm. things at Trader Joe's today. They're these spicy mochi rice nuggets. They're mm. kind I'm of disgusting. A huge mochi guy. Yeah. Um, but they are so spicy that I can't stop eating them. So if you really love you about spicy snacks. Flaming Hot Cheetos. Well, they're just very, really messy. But I, I, yeah. I like the yeah. flavor. They're also really bad for you. They're really bad for yeah. you and they're really messy. So I couldn't like eat them while I'm like working on something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. these spicy mochi rice nuggets, they are very clean. You come in these little squares, just eat them, and then you're like, ah, why did I do that? <laughs> and then like five minutes later, you're like, hmm, I need another one. So, well, I'll give them a shot. Yeah. You out. love snacks. <laughs> Doesn't everyone love snacks? Snack. You're a snack aficionado, is what I'm saying. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you got it. Awesome. Well, another good one in the books. We promise we got a lot more guests coming up soon. Yeah. Less endorsements, more um, <laughs> how to sell your show to Netflix. Also, uh, you know, we've got um, episode 300 coming just around the corner, man. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be there away. for it. We'll see. Dude, that's the thing, man. I guess you're going to have your baby and then you're going to be like, well, I have two hours free. I can either do a podcast with Oren that mm-hmm. has uh, led to very little in six years or I can go get my movie made. I hope you choose a podcast. Go for drinks. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this was another great episode, Oren. If you have uh, thoughts, questions, uh, words of advice, parenting hacks, uh, hit us up uh, at Just Shoot a Pod for short stuff on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, or email us at justshootapod at gmail.com. And you can follow me across all social media at Mr. Matt Enlo. You can follow me at Smitey Pileg. Uh, on Twitter and I'm at O Kaplan on Instagram and hey why don't you tweet us some questions uh, yeah. the script notes guys say that all the time and I'm like that is actually a fun way to interact with people yeah yeah so I'm on Twitter tweet at us if you're uh, still listening and what else this episode was edited by Sarah Weirda the outro music you're listening to is from the free music archive and the artist Jazar and thanks for listening we'll catch you next time thanks everyone bye bye bye